Welcome to the January 2022 episode of Gloucester County's Current Conversations podcast. I'm your host for today, Quentin Shepard, with Gloucester's Community Engagement and Public Information Department. Over the next two episodes, we're going to be hosting a series called Housing the Unhoused, exploring the issue of homelessness in Gloucester County. Over the next two months, we're going to be joined by several people who lead organizations in Gloucester County that have a daily interaction with the homeless, unserved, and at-risk populations. First of all, we're going to be speaking with Christy Askew, who is the Executive Director of the GUEST program. GUEST, short for Gloucester's United Emergency Shelter Team, was established in 2013. The program provides shelter services and housing resources for homeless residents of the Middle Peninsula and Northern Neck. The long-term goal of the program is to move the homeless population in these areas towards self-sufficiency. The organization, since its inception, relied heavily on group sheltering through the collaborative efforts of churches, staff, volunteers, and other community stakeholders. However, when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, the organization had to quickly switch gears when group sheltering was no longer an option. Today, we're pleased to speak with Ms. Askew to learn more about the history of guests and to focus on its future of serving the homeless and at-risk population in the community. A bit later today, we're going to be speaking with Reverend John Seltzer, the Executive Director of My Renew, which is another organization that provides services to homeless in the community. Thank you for joining us today. Christy, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Christy, how long have you been a part of Guest? Um, I have been involved with Guest since it started as a committee out of the Gloucester Resource Council. That was about nine, nine and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Guest, I think in January will officially be nine years in operations. So uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. It has been. And I know over that time span, you've seen uh, the program evolve and go through many changes, um, Mm -hmm. especially over the past couple of years with the the COVID situation. Um, Tell me a little bit about how um, the program was serving the homeless population and how now it's changed to serve them in a bit of a different way since, you know, we can't um, have the churches have people come and spend overnight together in the churches like they used to. Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, COVID hit right toward the end of our winter season in March of 2020, and we had about three weeks left of um, shelter, winter shelter, to provide, and we did shut down because of the COVID outbreak and, um, you know, concern for everybody's safety, uh, you know, the homeless, but also all the volunteers, because we've worked with, you know, over 500 volunteers every winter. Um, So it's, you know, it was a huge concern for everybody's safety. 
but we were able to quickly um, recoup and regroup and um, were able to uh, have access to some of the federal grants that were um, issued because of COVID, um, some of the state and federal funding that was out there uh, to so that we could provide a motel voucher program for the homeless. So the beginning of April, we were able to start issuing motel vouchers um, to those that were still in homeless situations. We have been continuing to do that since. We have not had a stop in service. So that is different for us in that, you know, the since March of, well, April of 2020, we have been operating nonstop. We have not ended any shelter services. Usually we provide shelter in the winter and um, some light services in the summertime and, and some day shelter services at our, at our um, day shelter resource center. But this has been the first time we've been operating year round with shelter. So it's been an incredible undertaking. Um, the board and the staff that we have have been incredible and supportive and all of the community has helped us keep this going. So that, that's great to hear. Now, you mentioned the day shelter. Is that has that been impacted as well by the, the pandemic or are you still able to offer some services through that facility? We are still operating um, there. We initially did um, back off some in-person services to appointment only. It wasn't just walk-in like it had been previously. Um, if people did walk up, we have a seating area outside where we just asked them to wait and we would limit the number of people that came into the day shelter. Um, the day shelter operates three days a week, so it is a part-time um, office, but uh, with everyone moving into the motel shelter, there wasn't a greater need for the day shelter to be open seven days a week, like in our winter program, so the three days a week has worked really well, um, even for those that are still homeless. Um, we also partner with Bay Aging, um, who has a phone line for the um, for anyone experiencing any kind of housing crisis, um, whether it's you know eviction or homelessness or um, just some financial insecurities. Um, so they pick up phone calls and refer them to us um, during the week when we're not open. Um, but we uh, have been able to really keep the day shelter running part-time year-round. Sure, round, so. sure. Um, Christy, tell me a little bit about homelessness in general in Gloucester from, from your perspective. Um, how big of an issue is it here? I, I think it's bigger than what we realize as a community. Um, we don't like to think that homelessness is present in our community. Um, sometimes we like to just uh, put that blinder on and not see some of the things we see that are just uncomfortable for us to think about. Um, but homelessness is here in our community. Um, you know, a lot of it is the result of low income, you know, impoverished households 
that just lose their financial stability and lose their home as a result of that. Out, because Guest now serves all 10 counties of the Middle Peninsula, Northern Neck, you know, we certainly have an increase in clients, but we still probably see about 70% of our clients as Gloucester residents. So that, you know, is a huge um, percentage out of all of our communities. Of course, Gloucester is one of the larger counties in our area as well. There are a handful, maybe up to 10, 12 people at a time that we would consider termed tent cities out in the the woods in the community. Um, We work really hard with John Seltzer at My Renew because he, his ministry goes out into the woods and ministers to those living in that situation. Mm -hmm. When he finds them, he refers them to our day shelter and we try very hard to get them into shelter immediately. Um, But there's always one or two here or there that, um, you know, just may not be ready to come into shelter. There's some that we've seen that have lived in a tent on a, on their own piece of property for many, many years. And that's their comfort zone. That's their way of life. And they like to live off the grid and, Mm um, you know, and we just are here to support them when they do need help. So there's all different types of situations we run across, Mm -hmm. you know, people, um, living paycheck to paycheck, you lose Mm -hmm. that job. And many people lost jobs because of COVID it pushes you out of being able to pay your bills and having that housing stability that you're accustomed to. So, um, you know, we, we do see a handful of people that have some substance abuse and mental illness concerns. Um, and each situation is different, but, you know, we, we partner with other community organizations like the community services board, um, social services and try to plug them into to the benefits that they need to be receiving and, and try to help them stabilize themselves and get the help that they need. So it's a just a big community community wide effort. It it's not just guests working. Effort, yes. Now, if somebody is on the brink of of not having a place to live, what what is the process for them to take in order to? find shelter with the guest program? Well, we do have requirements for people to be literally homeless to receive a motel voucher. So when they call and say, I'm about to be homeless, we always ask them questions, you know, where are they staying right now? You know, do they have other family they could stay with potentially? Um, And so there's a couple different options really. Um, our community does have a homeless prevention service program, uh, Bay Aging handles that now. Um, so we would refer people in that situation to them where someone is facing eviction. Um, they could potentially work with the landlord to help, um, catch up back payments and things like that. Um, if they just have no way out of being evicted or they just are going to be on the street with nowhere to go. Um, you know, we certainly do our best to put them into shelter at that point. You know, some people may be put up in a motel by like the Salvation Army or a local church. You know, we just 
usually require some sort of um, phone call or letter from them letting us know that they have received assistance from another organization that qualifies them as homeless if they're living in their car living in a shack um, even if they had a piece of property of their own but it had no electricity no heat those are not considered habitable environments so they're considered homeless even though they might have a a roof over their head it's not a habitable environment so that would qualify them as well so uh, from the community perspective if somebody wants to help um, the guest program what's the best way to go about doing that do you need volunteers do you need donations all of the above yes all of the above <laughs> the best way to help is through financial donations um, we always because we're a small local nonprofit um, you know we might have received a, a grant from the government to help with the motel vouchers but that money is earmarked specific to help you know only with those motel vouchers so there's a lot of other you know administration expenses utilities things that are day shelter that we need assistance with so financial support absolutely um, helps keep us afloat and can people uh, provide that through your website? Yes, I was just okay. going to say um, on our website, it's www.guestshelter.org. Um, there's a donation page where you can donate online. There's also a donation wish list, um, things that we use in the day shelter, um, food items that we collect, hygiene items, clothing items. Um, things that we need for the clients to help them as well. Um, so if anybody did want to host a collection drive or a community group or church, um, host some type of collection drive, then they could look on that list and pick, you know, from that and help us in that way. Paper products are always needed. And then volunteers are certainly welcome. It's been a difficult time because of COVID and sure wanting to make sure everybody is safe but we still could use volunteers in the day shelter um, primarily to um, sort donations right now and to help us put them away and things like that okay. um, we do have a limited number of you know clients that come into the day shelter so there's not a lot of face-to-face -face contact right now since everyone's in motels mm -hmm. but um you know, helping sort those donations would be a big help if volunteers are interested in doing that. Actually, we are through March asking volunteers or small groups, community groups, um, church groups to provide meals twice a week to the um, shelter participants um, in the local motels. And on our website, we also have our Sign Up Genius link, which okay. most of our volunteers are familiar with. Um, to provide either a brown bag lunch or a hot meal. Uh, hot meal is always nice when you're living sure. in a motel. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you think about living in a motel, it's not easy to cook. You uh, have, you might have a microwave. <laughs> Most <laughs> of our rooms have a microwave and a small refrigerator. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's limited um, space to keep fresh foods that Absolutely. You know, people really want to have access to. So a hot meal is always nice. Okay. And we'll, we'll put all of the 
guest contact information, including the website in the description of this podcast. Christy, thank you so much. Uh, was there anything that we have not covered that you'd like to mention? I can't think of anything. I just okay. appreciate this opportunity to share a little bit about what guest is doing. Um, you know, we do more than just shelter. One of our goals is to help each client find permanent housing as quickly as possible. That'd be the only other thing I'd That's add. That's great. And we so have you're looking housing, at long-term solutions. Absolutely. We have a housing resource advocate that specifically works, um, you know, looking for available rental units, you know, when housing vouchers are open in different communities in our area and helping our um, clients apply for um, any type of housing opportunities that are out there. So that that's our biggest goal is to move people quickly into housing. Great. We so much appreciate your time and, and your efforts and uh, the guest program and all of the other volunteers. It's an incredible program and we're so thankful to, to have it right here in the community. So Thank you so much for joining us today, Christy. Thanks again for having me. Today, we're joined by um, Reverend John Seltzer. He wears many hats and is very involved in helping uh, the community when it comes to those in need. Um, today, specifically, we're going to be talking about an organization that he most recently started. John, uh, welcome. We appreciate you uh, being with us today. Can, can you tell us a little bit about My Renew? Yeah, the, uh, the organization, we actually, um, when we planted this organization about two years ago, uh, we kept thinking about what, what should we call it? Because, you know, the, the old question is, what is in a name? Um, so when we started thinking about it, we started asking ourselves, what was our passion? What was our goal here? And it was about serving people who are struggling um, and helping them find their own personal renewal in life. So we wanted to make it a little bit unique. Uh, so we kind of played on that. So my is about you, meaning your personal, um, and renew is about finding your renewal in life. So getting away from the struggles you faced, getting away from the things that may have bogged you down, to find a new you uh, in life, not only through the challenges, but also in Christ. Great. Um, so tell me a little bit about the uh, the origins. I know you were you've you've been involved with serving um, those in need in the community for quite a while. When did this organization get started? Well, as as you know, um, you and I've had the pleasure of talking back when I became the executive director for the guest shelter. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, shortly after, about three years after being with Guest, uh, which is a wonderful organization, um, I ended up having a mini stroke. Uh, so that's something that kind of it's, it's a serving the homeless is a very busy uh, uh, season and it seems mm -hmm. to run all year long. Mm -hmm. um, so what ended up happening was uh, after I had that mini stroke, the Lord kind of showed me that it was necessary to take a break. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not one to take a break. So uh, we started realizing that even after the shelter program closed, uh, after the hypothermic season came to an end, the need was always there. Uh, because people were homeless year-round, not just during the hypothermic season. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening is my first year as a director for the guest program, we invested a lot of money in tents. And when the hypothermic season came to an end, people still had nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. So we just started handing out tents. 
So after a couple of years, I started to realize that, you know, the Lord was kind of pulling me a different direction. And we really wanted to focus on being able to go directly to the homeless rather than in waiting for them to come to us. But not only that, we realized that we were being equipped and called to serve people who were struggling, but may not just be people who are homeless. It may be people that just need basic necessities that we're able to provide. And then we took it one step further about partnering with organizations that are trying to get started, partnering with organizations that need some help um, finding a network to get into. Look, we have an opportunity here to go and go directly to the homeless rather than waiting for the homeless to come to us. We have the ability to be equipped and to have the necessities to go and serve rather than waiting for people to come to us, waiting for the necessities. And, and that's really how we got started. We got started in the back of a pickup truck. January will actually be our third year okay. uh, that it is, it is gone nonstop. Now, how many people are involved? You're heading things up. Do you have any people uh, helping you? I have about 15 to 20 volunteers. Okay. Um, I kind of keep close to my heart and I do that. We don't have an abundance of volunteers like some other organizations do. And that's for very personal reasons and very specific reasons in the respect that where we're going is into the woods. Uh, and where we're going is places that sometimes you're gonna need a flashlight to get there, especially if it's in the evening. And they're not very safe places at all times. So sure. we have people that will come and will serve with us during the day. Um, we have a couple of wrestling teams that if they're trying to do some conditioning, we'll have them help us drag all the trash and abandoned tents out of the woods mm -hmm. uh, to keep the properties maintained. Um, as far as volunteers, there's only a select group of people that know where the tent cities are at. Mm -hmm. So we can specifically make sure that not only the volunteers are safe, but also we want to make sure that um, the people living in those tents are safe because they don't have a door to lock. Absolutely. And that's an important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the homeless living in tents right now, we have anywhere between 10 to 15 homeless spread out between Gloucester Point uh, and the Matthews Middlesex line, mm -hmm. uh, where they're just living in tents. And, you know, the reality of it is there are some that we don't add into that accounting because they're living in tents because they want to. They don't consider mm -hmm. themselves homeless. They want to live off the grid uh, and they don't want to be bothered. So, uh, and they, those guys, they get up and they go to work every day, mm -hmm. um, but they just, that's the lifestyle they want to live. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay if they make that choice. So sure. um, we'll find in the spring and summer, our homeless populations typically increase um, specifically because what ends up happening is people are coming here. The weather is nice. They know there's a hub of resources here that they can get into. So I can tell you this past summer, we were running upwards of 20 to 30 homeless living in the woods, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to 10 to 15 that we're running right now. Um, but the guest shelter, you know, with, with running the hotel program that they have, they do a pretty good job of making sure that if it's getting extremely cold, the homeless that are living in the woods are able to move into the hotels pretty quickly, even if it's for a short-term period. Um, and and that's, that's the beautiful part about this network is when it comes to homeless ministry, we all communicate with each other around here because mm -hmm. we all want to make sure we're not overlapping the other or not even that. It's want to make sure we're not pouring all of our resources into one individual when sure. we're missing others. Exactly. Um, the, the homelessness in Gloucester, but the reality of it is we don't see it because we're not looking for it. Mm -hmm. 
um, you, you have to, I always tell people, look beyond the normal. If you look past normal, you're going to see the, you're going to see the brokenness. You're going to see the homelessness. And John, you were talking, you know, a little earlier about the networking and how you all network with other organizations. And, and I know, you know, here, you know, knowing you and knowing a lot of people that know you and your organization that anytime that you have a surplus of items or things that you've got uh, extra, you typically share those with other organizations and, and you all work closely together to ensure that um, the homeless get served, whether it be through My Renew or through Guest or even, um, I know you work closely, pretty closely with uh, Jane here in our emergency management department to, to just ensure that people get what they need. Well, you know, the thing about ministry and the thing about outreach is you never want to put the limelight on the single ministry. You know, the purpose of ministry is to do so humbly and to not hold everything back. My, my prayer is that these homeless put me out of business uh, because then I know the need has been fulfilled. When we have a surplus of items and we have extra items left over, it's not for me to hold them back and say, hey, we're just going to store them because we'll need them one day. Because the reality of it is they're probably going to be needed the very next day. So what we do is if, if it won't fit in my trailer, um, and we have three outreach trailers that we use that cover everywhere between Gloucester Point clear up to Lively. And we, as long as those trailers are equipped, as long as they have the basic necessities, I don't like to have surplus because that means that somebody somewhere is not being helped. So John, if, if somebody really wants to help your organization, what would be the best way to go about doing that? Well, uh, I get this question a lot, and I always tell people to pray. Um, if they want to give financially, they can go on to our website, which is www.myrenew.org, um, and there is a giving link at the bottom of our website. Uh, you can also get to know some of our staff members uh, and some of our team members, and the other part of it is all financial donations are completely 100% tax deductible. Great. And we'll be sure to put all of that information in the description of the podcast um, uh, today. So, uh, John, thank you so much. It's been an honor to talk with you today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't covered? No, um, I think we covered just about everything. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, it's super exciting. It's great to see your face again. It's been a while since I've seen your face. It has. Um, so it's great to see you again. And, and thank you for what you're doing for the community as well. Well, thank you so much for all of your efforts. They certainly don't go unnoticed. So we well, thank you. appreciate you. And I'm sure we'll be talking with you again in the future. I look forward to it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Current Conversations podcast. Be sure to join us next month as we go more in depth about housing the unhoused, exploring the issue of homelessness in Gloucester County.